Open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. That's what we're going to be doing today. If you don't have a Bible, we pass them out every single week. Don't feel weird about this. Interns will come and grab them and then hand them to you. Just slip your hand in the air, and we'd love for you to follow along with us. Don't feel weird about it because it's awesome. Okay? If you don't own a Bible, it's a free gift to you. You can keep this one when you leave. Okay? Um, we're going to be, uh, yeah, okay, so Ephesians chapter 6, start turning. If you don't know where it is, just ask your neighbor next to you. Now, here we go. August 21st, 2014, okay? Uh, that's when this happened. Uh, Bryce, if you want to toss up that photo, that's right there. That's when this happened right here. Yeah, I know. Super cute. Uh, and here's what's amazing, is when he came out, uh, I, I thought, literally thought in my head, like, you're never going to make a mistake. You're never going to be disobedient. You'll never talk back to dad, right? Like that face is just so cute. You think to yourself, he's perfect. He will never do a single thing wrong. Now, August 21st, 2018, about a couple weeks ago on his birthday, Finley goes off to his rest time. He comes out and he says some scary words. He says, daddy, come see what I did, right? <laughs> Which if you're a parent, right, it's not a good thing when they've been locked in a room or locked, whoa, He's free to come and go. He's out of the cage. But <laughs> when he's in rest time for an hour and a half, okay? And so I go in there, and you know that, like, that wee, wee, wee sound that you get from Psycho? It was red marker, somehow floor-to-ceiling for a three-foot-tall kid. He took a Sharpie and just drew his whole stinking thing, okay? Now, here's the difficult part for a parent is, as I began to look out the room, I was like, that's a pretty good drawing, right? <laughs> And there's your name. And you spelled your name correctly. Way to go, buddy. So you live in this tension of like, you're amazing, and I'm going to crush you. Right? Like it's just, it's these two things. And then here's the thing in the midst of all that. Here's what we have to remember as we talk parenting. That everything boils down to what I brought up in the very beginning. We have to ask the question, how does our Heavenly Father treat us? And then that's how we need to engage. And in that moment, I just remember thinking very clearly, God, this is what you experience on the regular. Because I know me, and I know God's like, hey, this is what's best for you, for me, and for life. And I'll say, yeah, but I want to draw all over the walls, right? Like, like God's relationship with his church, with us, is a perfect illustration for what it means to parent well, and so hear me, if you're a parent, this will be hyper-applicable. If you're just married without kids, this will be hyper-applicable. Um, if you're a single parent, hyper-applicable, you know what I mean? And so if you are headed that direction, you want kids, you work with kids, great, 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 great. But also, if you're just like, dude, I'm single, I don't want a husband, and I don't want kids, this is still applicable because God still loves you in amazing and abundant ways we can learn about today. And so that's kind of where we're going. Now, a few things that I think are important for us to acknowledge on the front end before I give you the 10 principles of the spirit-filled parenting life. Um, and it's this. Number one, um, people don't like being told how to parent, okay? Like on the whole, most parents aren't like, hey, Vince, come tell me how to parent my kids, okay? Like, and that makes sense. They're your kids. I understand that. But listen, what we're going to go over, it's scripture. So that's God telling you to do it. Don't be mad at me. Number two, all kids are super different. Okay? And so we're going to try and do broader, big buckets of what it means to, to lead and parent by the Spirit. Okay? Um, but your kids are different to my kids. Uh, kids are different ages. They have different experiences. They have different talents, backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to apply this contextually to your children because kids are all different, and this will look different as it's carried out. Number three, 
We often want to interpret uh, what we'll hear today through the lens of culture. Like we said this last week as well, we'll want to interpret this stuff through the lens of our culture and not through the lens of the kingdom of God's culture, which they're very different in a lot of really significant ways. And so hear me, you'll hear stuff today where like, actually, I think that's just wrong, or that's not the best way to do it, or that seems anti what I would think or what I read in the journal the other day. But hear me, we need to be able to reorient and use the lens of the kingdom of God and its culture to trump every other culture, okay? And so that's important. And and the last one, this one's very serious. Um, Some people, when we get to a text like this, it's hard and it hurts, because some people have come out of experiences where, when we, so for example, we're going to start talking about, hey man, you need to parent together. Like if you're a husband and wife, you need to parent together. And, and so there's some kids in the room that are like, no, I, I grew up with a single mom, a single dad, right? Like I, I can't apply that. That actually, it brings up, it rises up. Some of you are going to look to your past and say, no, no, no like you're, you're saying this about parenting, but I, I didn't experience that whatsoever. I didn't have parents that were asking, man, well, how did the heavenly father treat me? Let me treat my kids that way. I grew up in something completely different, bro. So that's not what I saw. And maybe some are even saying, and they said they love Jesus, right? And some of you are thinking, no, man, we're trying to parent, but we haven't been able to have kids. So, so maybe this brings it up. And I want you to know, like, my wife and I, we battled that for a long time as well. We had a miscarriage with our first. And if that's your story, I grieve with you in that. That is very difficult stuff, okay? And so there's all sorts of different stories that are in the midst of this that are interwoven. And I want, I want you to know, like, in the midst of this, my hope is then for you, if you're here and this hurts, this brings grief, is that you would experience the love of the Father today. And that you hear, hey, parents, parent like this, that you would know everything we say is how God the Father wants to love, treat, and see you. Okay? And so thank you for being here. That being said, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4, let's read. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, three of those four verses we just read are directed to kids. And so how are we going to come up with the 10 principles of the Spirit-filled parenting course uh, if most of the stuff we're looking at is about kids? But here's what I think we can do. We can look at the instruction to kids and say, man, what can we glean from? What's on the other end of that? Like if parents are, sorry, if kids are supposed to act this way, what does that mean probably about how the parents are supposed to be acting in the midst of it? Okay? And so hear me. We're going to do 10. It's a lot. Now, some of them are going to be more applicable to you than others. But overarching, I want us all to come back to the reason why we say all of these is because we want to find out, God, how do you parent us so we can parent our kids the same way, treat kids the same way? Okay, so the first one, this comes from two weeks ago, okay? The first one of the 10, spirit-filled parenting starts with you being a spirit-filled Christian, right? So, so hear me, like you want to parent well, you got to go back to our sermon two weeks ago and say, all right, you can't do this stuff, listen, at a consistent level, outside the power and the Spirit of God. Like the stuff that is demanded to continue to pour out and to bless and to sacrifice and to honor and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, requires the Spirit of God in you. This is where spirit-filled parenting begins. If, if you don't know God, if you don't have the Spirit of God and you try and give this a good run, hear me, you'll probably do okay for a little bit. 
Like, if you're, like you're a good person, or you'll probably do okay for like a week or two, or maybe even a month if you're really strong-willed. But then you'll get to a point where it just gets too difficult outside of the transforming work of the Spirit of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it has to start there. The number one principle, okay? The number one principle, and this isn't even just in parenting, in all of life, if you want to be a good parent, you want to be a good brother, sister, son, daughter, coworker, neighbor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it starts with loving Jesus. Like, like it has to become from that. You want to love your neighbor well? Love Jesus, right? Like you want to be a great coworker? Love Jesus. You want to be a good parent? Love Jesus. Like it's got to start with the gospel, okay? Uh, number two, this goes back to last week. You want to parent well, have a spirit-filled marriage. And hear me, if you weren't here last week and you're, you're a married couple here at the church this morning, Please, and I don't, if you've been here, I never say, go listen to me again. I get it. That's not exactly the greatest invitation. But if you haven't listened to last week's sermon and you're married, please go back and listen. Spirit-filled marriage is the second step into spirit-filled parenting. You want to parent well? Have a spirit-filled marriage, okay? You have to be united on this. You have to be together. Your kids will look at you and they'll say, okay, how am I supposed to do this? Well, let's see what my parents are doing. And so spirit-filled individual, spirit-filled parenting, right on the front end. Two weeks ago, last week's sermon. And I'll say this now. There's a marriage conference that we're doing. If you weren't here last week, that's coming up September 30th, October 28th. If you want to be part of that, I'll give you all the details. Just stop by the Connect desk on your way out, and we can talk more about that. Okay? That was last week. Now, number three, bringing us to today. Here we go. Parents are sovereignly appointed by God. Even the language here, children, obey your parents. It's a very possessive language in the Greek. Your parents. In other words, God has gifted a certain individual, individuals, to some other individuals. In other words, man, what God does in childbirth is he's literally forming together human beings in mother's wombs and saying, you're the parent of these specific kids. That it wasn't a mistake that if you're here and you're a parent, your kids are your kids on purpose. In other words, if you're here and you're a parent, you can actually do this. Like, like you have a significant fighting chance with the Holy Spirit to be able to be a good parent, a gospel-centered, a spirit-filled parent, to walk out everything we'll talk about today. Like often I hear, like, and, and listen, I'll experience it myself. I'll get to the end of the day, and I'll literally think, like, dude, I just blew that today. Like Finley doesn't seem to love me or God more today than he did yesterday, right? He's upset, he's frustrated, I didn't care for him well, same with James. And I'm like, I blew it, like I'm not equipped, I'm not capable, and I, want, and I have to return back to you. For some reason, the sovereign God of the universe was like, no, Vince, like you and Verdi, you're gonna get two kids and you're gonna be parents to those kids and that's the way this is gonna work, okay? Now I wanna say this in the midst of that, that line as well. If you do foster or adopt, and I know there are a handful of people that were standing up, there were a bunch at the nine, please hear me in this, like, that's you, right? Like, you're the sovereignly appointed parent figure. Like, that's you. The Bible's saying you. Like, God has ordained. He has drawn you in. Thank you. You're amazing. Like, this is your story. Like, God has brought you in. These are your children. You hear it sometimes. If you, if you navigate and you live in the foster and adoptive space enough, you start talking to these families. You often hear as you navigate and walk life with these families, people come and say, well, that's great, but like, when are you going to have some of your own, right? And you're like, why, what are you thinking, right? Or, or the questions about like, yeah, but like, are they your, like, in, like, which one are yours, you know? 
Like, dude, they're all mine. They're my kids. So, I mean, if that's you and you've heard that, I'm sorry. Like, this is talking about you. God has sovereignly brought you in to parent and to love these kids, okay? And to do everything we'll talk about moving forward. So that's, that's number three. You can do this. Number four, parents should have authority over their children, okay? Parents should have authority over their children. Now, um, let me be very clear. This doesn't mean uh, that you get to be like this heavy-handed kind of lording over parent that oppresses your children. Now, let's think about the context of the last two weeks. Two weeks ago, we saw the picture of Jesus leaving heaven, coming down to earth, humbling himself, dying to self, dying to desire that he might come up underneath the church and raise the church up from below. Then we saw last week, the husband dying to self, coming down, humbling to come up underneath to serve and cause the flourishing of his wife. And that same Christ in the church idea. Same thing here, Christ in the church. So parents, your goal, your authority is within the same context. That you live your life to die to self, to serve and to bring the other to flourish. Okay? That's what your authority, your headship in the home looks like as it pertains to your kids. Now, as that's worked out, here's the big deal. You need to have authority and rails on your kids. You need boundary. Okay? Now, there's a, uh, a TV show that Anthony showed me last week. Um, they took 10 kids ages 10 and 11. 10 kids ages 10 and 11 put them in a house in England, in Cornwall, England, for five days completely by themselves, okay? Right? Like, just begin to think about this. Remember when you were 10. If you don't have a 10 or 11, remember when you were 10 and the things you thought, man, if only mom and dad weren't here, okay? And so they put 10 of them in a house and said, have at it. The only people that were there were the cameramen that would stop kids from literally killing each other or jumping off of banisters and killing themselves, right? But for the most part, it was, they're filming, kids do their thing. It's 48 minutes long, you should watch it, it will just expose you to just how crazy we are, okay? Within two hours, no, no joke, two hours, the entire house was completely destroyed. Every picture had come off the wall, every wall was covered in food or some type of different coloring, some vomit, it was just absolute chaos. Kids were riding their bicycles through the kitchen, crashing into each other. At one point, two gangs formed against each other. Like, a 10-year-old was, like, walking around, strutting, like, you're what? It was everything short of Lord of the Flies, right? Like, they didn't drop a rock on the fat kid. Like, that's the only difference from that book. Have you guys read that? I still teach that to you guys? Probably not. It's graphic. But listen, like, I remember reading that book. These kids get stuck on an island. It's a bunch of kids and just it just gets lawless, right? And I remember reading that book, like, that would never, it would happen. Like, that's, that's where this would go if it was longer than five days. And so hear me, like, kids do not thrive outside of some level of authority. Like, they need that, and they're going to think, I don't need this, especially as they get older. They're going to be like, ah, no, dude, I got this. I'm 12 now. I'm an adult, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, dad, I, hey, hey, you know what I mean? I'm 12. Right? And you just see, I just see, I remember stuff I used to say to my dad, like, Dad, I'm fine. Like, I'm, you know, I'm 12 now. You can do what, you know. And it's just foolish. You need boundary and authority. You have that over your children. Make sure you exercise it. Verse five, or number five. 
parents should parent honorably. Okay, so, so if the verse is, hey, kids, honor your father and mother, then hear me, parents, you better parent honorably. You better parent in such a way that commands respect. So some people are like, well, I'm the dad, you owe me. I'm the mom, you owe me respect. And hear me, I agree with you to a point. Here's the way I think I see it, okay? I think you're the parent, you're right. You deserve as the parent this respect right here. That's where it is. But that line is not rigid, that line is fluid. And I think you can lose it or you can gain it. I think, yes, you're the parent, great, respect. But tell, man, if you, if you are terrible to your children, listen, they're not gonna honor you and I don't think they even should at some point. Like when I'm talking sin and stuff here. But listen, so act in a way that you would be honored by your children. That they say, yeah, like, man, I, my, my mom, my dad, like, they're, they're amazing. This is what they do for me. This is what I see. Live in that way. So, man, that honor level, that becomes, e- make that easy on your kids for them to honor you. Now, sometimes that gets difficult with the one we just talked about where you have to have authority and boundary to their life because sometimes they don't like this. So here's a good exercise. When things are completely neutral, okay, ask your kids what they think about your spouse, okay? So I had Verity do that. I said, babe, like this week I was gone in Austin for a wedding, and I said, babe, can you ask Finley, like, what he thinks of daddy? And I'm just kind of pull that out, right? And, and here, just a quick recommendation on wisdom. Don't ask them after you've just put them in timeout, okay? Because the answer is going to be, oh, he's the worst, right? Um, don't ask them after you've just given them a candy bar, right? Because then you're the best. It has to be total neutral moment. They're just living life. Go and ask. And so uh, my wife, I asked Finley, and, and here's what he said. And I, I've read this, I think, like nine times now, so I don't cry anymore, but it used to, it would get me going. So he says this. <laughs> he's cool enough, which I don't know what that means. Like, enough for what <laughs> doesn't make sense. But he's cool enough, he says. He said he's smart, he's brave. And this last, he said, and I'm not scared of scary things when daddy's with me, right? And that's just like, oh, come on now, you know? Like, I was like, oh, you know. And hear me, like, and I don't say that to be like, hey, I'm crushing it as a parent. What I'm trying to say to you is, I'm not a great parent. Like, I, I, I try hard, um, but, man, I fail day in and day out to parent the way I want to, the way the Scriptures call me to parent. And still in the midst of that, my four-year-old son would say, but this is who Daddy is to me. Like, parent in such a way that if I were to come to your house, I were to go to kids' ministry at the 9 o'clock and say, hey, tell me about your parents in there, Okay. That, out, that, you know, short of the fact that maybe you guys got in a big argument on the way over, just in a neutral moment, that they would begin to say honoring things about you. Parent in that way. Within the context of everything, parent out of that, okay? That should be the expectation. Okay, verse, uh, gosh, stop saying verse. Um, number seven, the seventh principle. Parents should seek the flourishing, uh, or no, sorry, number, wait, is that right? Six, number six. Good job, everybody. Way to be. Parents should parent together, okay? Uh, and so just real quick, like if you are a single parent, and I know we have a handful here at the church, hear me, like I can't say this loud enough, like you're amazing. Like you're absolutely, unequivocally incredible, right? Like I, I know how difficult it is to try and do this with a wife who crushes it at parenting, Right? Like, that's amazing and super good. Like, I know how hard it is for us to do this together. And so if you're rocking and trying to live this by yourself, 
amazing. But I want to say this to you. Like, you're not alone. And please allow the church to be your partner. Until, until it so lines up, right, where another man or another woman comes into your life and can be that, like, allow the church to surround you and support you and love you and, and give to you and to care for you and all, like, let us be that partner. That's what the church, that's why we're here. And so if that's your story, then come, like, let us partner with you in that. You're not alone in it, okay? That being said, parents, parent together, Okay? Like, like, it can't be you've got one idea in parenting and then, and then she's got another, he's got another. You gotta, you gotta be linked up, okay? You gotta be on the same page. Don't just assume that because you're parenting the same kids, you guys are on the same page with what this should look like. You need to ask, you need to sit down, you need to talk. Listen, you need to read the same books. We, talk, we start doing some parenting counseling around here and stuff, and usually the mom's like showing a bunch of ideas, and she's like, oh, I'm like, where'd you get that? She says, a great book. I'm like, what'd you think of that book? He says, oh, I didn't read the book, and I say, well, there's your problem, okay? Read the book, right? Like, study, learn. You're not a great parent initially. Ask parents that have been parents for 50 years, okay? That, that, get, that they're still parenting at 80. Like, even then, they haven't arrived. Like, keep learning, parents, how do we invest in these are your children sovereignly given to you to point to Jesus, which we'll talk about in a moment, but to raise and to nurture and to cultivate? Okay. So do this together. Be united front. Sometimes what'll happen is uh, Finley, you know, he's getting crafty. He's four now, so he knows the way the world works. And so he comes to me, Daddy, can I have a popsicle? No, dude, it's seven in the morning. You can't have a popsicle, right? He runs up to mommy. Mommy's like in the shower, right? She barely hears the question. Can I have a popsicle, mommy? Yeah, 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 sure. He runs back downstairs. Mommy said I can have a popsicle, okay? Now, there's this tension in my heart to want to be like the proud, authoritative dad that's like, no, you ain't having no popsicle, right? Or I get to be in the united front with my wife, which is a much bigger deal than him having or not having a popsicle. You know what I'm saying? So I say, great, dude, mom said it, awesome. We're on the same page, let's do this, okay? Like, like in these moments, it is a bigger deal for your kids to be able to see you, husband and wife, together, united front in the way you love and parent your children. None of this separate stuff, okay? And hear me, if there's tension there, that's probably getting into some of that spirit-filled marriage stuff we talked about, go to the conference, right? Like, engage, this stuff is crazy important, it's your whole life. Your whole life, if, like we talked about last week, if you're married, it's not like you just go in and out of marriage. It's not a job, right? Like this is your new identity, it's your new covenant. Same with your kids. You don't go in and out of being a parent. I'm a parent right now on this stage, even though my kids are with my wife. And so this stuff's really important. Okay, so parent together. Um, number seven, okay? Um, <coughs> parents should seek the flourishing of their children. Verse 3 in the text, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Say to their children, children, honor your father and mother so that it goes well with you. No, but the other end of that is I think the parents are supposed to have a say and an engagement with how it goes well with your kids. Seek the flourishing of your children. In the same way we saw Christ seek the flourishing of the church, the same way we saw the husband seek the flourishing of the wife, constantly pushing Christ in the church, Christ in church, the gospel to the world, all of that beautiful stuff. Same thing, parents, seek the flourishing of your kids. And the number one piece of advice I can give that I think is very biblical is you better know your kids if you want to seek their flourishing. 
Because hear me, like if it was just totally up to me, my flourishing for all of my children would be to move us to Liverpool and they play for Liverpool Soccer Club the rest of his life, right? Now, I don't know if he likes soccer. He's not very good at it. So that's probably not going to happen, okay? What we can do is say, no, no, no. I'm going to take me and I'm going to try and get you to flourish in my world, right? In my scope, in my spectrum, and what I love, and what I do, and what I see, and what I desire. And that's, no, no, that's not seeking the flourishing of your child. That's seeking the flourishing of you. You want to seek the flourishing of your kids. Know your kids. Talk to your kids. Ask your kids what they love, what they hate, who they love, who they dislike, right? Like, um, what's going on at school? What are you learning? What don't you like about it? I mean, like, they're real humans. Talk to them. Learn who they are. I know Anthony hates this term. He's not going to hear it right now. But like if daddy dates, mommy dates, like those things, whether they like the terminology, take your kids out. Take your kids on trips, just you and your kid. Learn who your kids are. Then you can say, and now let's seek your flourishing. Let's get you into this. Let's teach you this. Let's do this with you. Because I know you, because kids are different. To invest in kids differently. Seek the flourishing of their heart. There's a... Think about this. When you start thinking through, even so now we have two kids, Finn, James just turned one about a month ago. Finn just turned four. And the big thing is in runs is like, man, they're very different kids. Jess sees the kids like three days a week. Like she is, they're just super different, right? Like my youngest one, he's crazy. Like he, so my, Finley's bed is about four and a half feet off the floor, okay? Finley is terrified of heights, barely likes climbing up there, right? James is one. I walk into his room like a month ago, Homie had like built, like systematically engineered this ladder to work himself up to a four and a half foot bed. So I come in and a one-year-old who's this, he's tiny, he's like this big, is just laughing like, ah, you know, I'm like, dude, why are you up here? And I see his, he built a ladder, like it was amazing. And he's just dancing on this bed. And Finley's like, be careful, be careful, James. I'm like, Finn, you're four, dude, like, do you know? They're different. Kids are different. So hear me. How do you parent then different kids in this, right? You got to know your kids. One of the best quotes um, I've ever heard is, fairness is treating everyone differently, okay? Fairness is treating everyone differently. Like, we, we want to think fairness is treating everybody the same, but people aren't the same. Fairness is treating everyone differently. Treat them as they are within their created image before God. Fairness is treating everybody differently. Treat your kids differently as they are within all the other confines of the spirit-filled parenting world. Okay? So that's it. Seek the flourishing of your kids. Okay? Here we go. Um, number eight. Parents should be the adults. Okay? Now this sounds obvious. Okay? But I see it frequently and I see it come out of me where I begin to act as petty and as silly as my children. The other day I was at Target and uh, I saw a mom interacting with her, her little kid. And the little kid was like, hey, can I have this? Mom's like, no. Mom's like, can I have this? Or the kid's like, can I have this? And the mom's like, no. They go back and forth a couple times until the mom, you could tell, she was just at her wit's end. And so the, the little girl, but mommy, can I have this? She goes, but mommy, can I have this? And then, she go, and then the little kid's like, don't do that, <laughs> which is great. And she goes, don't do that. And I was like, are you kidding me, lady? Like, don't stoop down to the level of a five-year-old. But hear me, like frustration, and when we're not proactively equipped, we begin to just, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to upset you. Listen, 
Verse 4, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not do things that just exacerbates the already incredibly emotional state that kids are in. Like, for, and listen, this is from zero to like 31, okay? Like, I'm, I'm kind of maybe coming out of that right now, okay? Like, there's just all this stuff going on. If you're, if you're here, you got a teenager or teenagers, right? That's a whole nother level, right? That I'm not anywhere near right now, but as I learn, there's all sorts. So don't provoke them to anger. Try and move and say, how do we bring peace? Like true peace in the midst of all this. Be the adult. It's that simple. Listen, you're the adult. Be the adult. You're the mature one with life, with experience, okay? So when they're freaking out, you don't have to freak out. Like you know, you know better. Hear me. You think they know better. They don't. A four-year-old doesn't, listen, a 13-year-old doesn't. And when I was in high school, I'm 17, arguing with my dad, I'm just being foolish because I didn't know better, really. Like, I kind of did, but I was still learning. So listen, be the adult in your relationship, okay? Number nine, almost there, last two. Uh -uh. Parents should discipline their children. Now, here's what's great is this is one that we're all on the same page with, okay? No debate around discipline at all. So number 10, um, there is a wide spectrum on discipline, okay? Hear me. And it's like from here where it's, hey, no discipline whatsoever. Let them be free. They're better when they just kind of do their thing, okay? Then you've got way over here, which was my upbringing in the South, where anyone could smack you at any moment for anything that they wanted to, okay? Like this was just the reality. It's, I was at a restaurant once called Cuckoo's. Miss Annie, the server, who we knew, so it wasn't a complete stranger, but still weird, okay? I was lipping off to my parents. She pulled me out of the chair and smacked me on the bottom in the restaurant. This is my server, <laughs> right? So this was just the culture there. It's like, yeah, you want to smack? Go ahead, smack my kid. Yeah, they are crazy. Like, so you've got this. Don't think that's super healthy to just let anyone hit your kid, okay? And, and hear me. This isn't healthy either to have, nah, no discipline. We don't need anything. It's fine. They'll figure it out. Now, in between these two ideas, there's a wide spectrum of what I think this looks like. And I'm not going to tell you what Vary and I do because I don't want to talk to all of you about it through email, okay? Because this is like a really, people are like, no, you have to do this or no, you can't do this or it has to. No, like, listen, here's what I'm going to say to you. If you spank, Great, there's a way you should spank. If you don't spank, great, don't spank. So if you're the, uh, okay, so th this is some spanking or like there was literally, right, you had the, uh, there's, a, there's a really like amazing father here at our church and him and his wife, as their kids were growing up, they literally made something and wrote on it rod of chastisement, right? So they would make their kids like every time, they're like, go get the rod of chastisement <laughs> and the kids have to mope over <laughs> and like carry this, they bring it over. You have, there's really a family at Redemption Gilbert that invented what they think is the exact amount of force that a little tiny like thing is supposed to give and they invented that. It's like the top selling discipline tool at every Berean bookstore in the country, right? Like, so there's all of this, right? And then there's time-ins, right? And if you don't know what a time-in is, it's a time-out, but you kind of engage yourself, Right? And so you're like, hey, you need to go sit in timeout, but I'm going to come in there and we're going to talk and we're going to engage. We're going to ask questions. Right? We're going to try and hear your feelings and all that stuff. And so hear me, wherever you're at on this spectrum, awesome. But here, let's talk about what that should look like. Okay? 
Like, I'm, I'm not saying you got to do one or the other. All you guys do something different, that's great. Again, don't email me, but here we go. The key to your discipline is that you would discipline the way the Father disciplines us. Hebrews 12, verses 4 through 11 say this. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted the point of shedding blood. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons talking to us? Okay, it says this. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and cherishes every son whom he receives. It is for discipline you have to endure that God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems rather painful than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruits of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Whatever, wherever you land, listen, you need to discipline your children. We need to do it through the lens of how does the Father discipline us, and the end goal of the Father's discipline of us is peaceful righteousness, peaceful holiness. Now, this is in contrast to legalistic righteousness and legalistic holiness. In other words, if the end of your discipline is just get it right, then you're doing it wrong. If the end of your discipline to your child is, I just want you externally to look polished, to do everything correct, you're not doing discipline right. Discipline as the Lord gives it to us is centered around a peaceful holiness, something internal that in the midst of correction, in the midst of rebuke, in the midst of discipline, that it moves then the Christian to peace. That internally there is change so that outwardly there is change. It's a big difference. So whatever discipline you do, that needs to be the end goal. Okay? And just a bit of wisdom, and this is obviously, you've probably heard this, parents, but if you're angry and you're frustrated, right? Like they just, you're, you're fuming, you're hot, not the best time to carry out discipline, okay? Take a step back, take a breath, pray to the living God of the universe whose spirit indwells you, and then begin to think, all right, now that I have the heart of Christ, how do I then discipline that takes my kid to a place of peace and wholeness, which leads to obedience and righteousness, that's the goal, yeah? So discipline your children. And then last one, number 10. Parents should raise their kids in the Lord, okay? Parents should raise their kids in the Lord. Listen to me, and we say this often. It's literally the philosophy of Redemption Kids Ministry is that parents are the main disciples, the primary mentors spiritually of their own children. You don't export the duty to show your kids Jesus. That's on you. Can you get aid? Yeah. Does the church need to come around you? Yes. Should you have other families, other friends invest? Absolutely. But it is your job to organize that. You are the primary discipler of your children. 
You go back to Genesis 1 and 2, when God is creating the world, he tells them what? Be fruitful and multiply. And that is a command within the mandate of God to go and cultivate and to care for this world. In other words, he's saying, you know how we're going to bless and care and show God to this world in Genesis 1 and 2? You're going to be fruitful and multiply in the way you treat each other, father, son, husband, wife, brother, sister, brother, brother, etc., etc. That will show the world the love of God. And so we bring that to today, and he's saying, listen, parents, that's how significant this is. They're the main disciples and investors in your kids, that you would instruct them and that they would know the Lord. Listen, they are never too young for you to read the Bible with them. They're never too young for you to sit down and ask, hey, what are you thinking about God? How are you experiencing God? They're never too young to pray to God and with you. Just let them say stuff. They're never too young for that. And hear me, they're also never too old. And some of you parents need to know that. You've got older kids already. And you're like, man, maybe, maybe I messed up for the first 10 years. Maybe I messed up for the first 20 years. They're never too old to hear godly instruction from parents who love them well. Now, honestly, maybe there's been brokenness in that relationship and then there needs to be some healing, some repentance, some reconciliation. And then you come with that. But kids are never, listen, this is, this is sovereignly ordained by God, I do believe. The kids are never too old to learn from their parents. So whether you've done great in the past or terrible in the past, do great today. Invest in your kids today. One of the best things that I do is what I don't explicitly do with Finley at this point. So what I try and do is get up a bit earlier, and I used to do way better at this and I'm starting to round back into it, and I'm already seeing the fruit again, is I just go and I read my Bible downstairs when we go downstairs in the morning after the kids wake up. And I just do it at the, at the dinner table. And I'm just sitting there and I'm reading. And I tell you, when I say, hey, Finley, like on a random day, I'm like, hey, Finley, let's read our Bibles or let's talk about this. He's like, ah, eh, I'd rather. But then, man, once Daddy sits down, opens up the scriptures himself, Finley darts for his Bible. Like darts for the Jesus Storybook Bible, grabs it, runs down, has a marker, and he's like, Daddy, what should I read? Right? He just loves pouring through it with me. Right? Things are more caught than taught. You want to be able to raise your kids? Love Jesus. Okay? You want to invest in your kids spiritually? Love Jesus yourself. Love your wife as yourself. Die to self. Have a spirit-filled self, a spirit-filled marriage, and let that flow out of you into blessing your kids to know Jesus. It's amazing to see things start to click. He's four and he doesn't know, right? Hear me. Invest. They're never too young. They're never too old. All of this. Hear me. All of this. It's all this comes underneath the banner of asking God, how do you treat us? Everything we talked about, that's how God treats us. That's it. Bottom line. So maybe you don't recollect all the 10 things that gets a lot of points for a sermon. Just ask yourself that question, parents. Like, hey, how does God treat us? Individuals, singles that are married, hadn't married, whatever, wherever you're at, how does God the Father treat me? Let me go and treat others that way. Especially children who God, who Jesus, man, you just read the scriptures. Jesus loved children. I love bringing the kids to me, invest in these kids, born to these kids. And let's do the same thing. And it's all because he so loved us. All of this has to come from a heart that loves the gospel. That our Father in heaven so saw fit to seek the flourishing of his kids that he came down into this world, 
humbled himself even to the point of death, died the death we deserve to die, and raised on the third day that from underneath we too could flourish. The center of all this has to be the gospel. That's how we parent well. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for parenting us, for loving us, for shaping us, for molding us, for building us. God, thank you for granting to us this duty, God, to care for what truly, especially when they're young, are like the least of these. They can't do anything. And we get to model your love for the least of these in the way we raise and rear our kids. God, I pray for guidance for myself, for Verity, for every parent. I pray guidance for those who are expecting kids, for those who want kids. God, I pray for guidance in that. I pray for those who, again, we heard this today, and, and maybe there's just still some hurt and some, maybe there's frustration with you, there's confusion, there's all sorts of things because of all the brokenness, God, that often can surround this topic. And Lord, I, again, I, I just pray your presence, God, would come in a powerful way to show love to show the way that you fathered them and want to continue to father them. And we pray for your church that we would be a beacon of that as well. For people here in this congregation and for our city, that where there is need, where there are those kids that need to be fathered well, that the church would come in and care, that need to be parented in love, that need to experience the blessing of a mom who cares, who's engaged, the blessing of a father who cares and engage, God, would you allow your church to find those places and to serve well and faithfully? God, we love you. Thank you for loving us to the point of death that we would have new life. In Jesus' name, amen.